Welcome to She Knows Programmatic, snappy chats with the Women in Programmatic Network. I'm your host, Omira Cruz, kicking off our inaugural episode. With me today is Jess Barrett, co-founder and co-chair of the Women in Programmatic Network, Australia and New Zealand chapter, and associate trading director at the Trade Desk. Jess, thank you for joining us. We're excited to have you as our first guest. Let's begin by learning a little bit more about you and your involvement in the Women in Programmatic Network. Can you tell us how you got involved? Yeah, absolutely. It's such a mouthful, isn't it? The Women in Programmatic Network, Australia and New Zealand. So we shorten it to TWIP and ANZ. It's a lot easier, <laughs> a lot easier to say. Um, but thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, so how did I get involved in, in TWIP in? Um, I, I'm, I'm based in Melbourne, Australia. Uh, but I only moved here two years ago. And previously, I'm actually from New York originally, but I lived in London for a few years. And that's how I met uh, Sophie and Emily, who are the co-founders of, of the global, you know, Twippin organization. And uh, back then, uh, I think we were a group of maybe five to ten women. It was really small. We were all working on the publisher side. Um, and I think Emily had reached out to say, you know, we're just getting together a little digital tea time, um, you know, where everyone can dial in once a month and talk about some of the topics that impact us in the industry. And at the time, like GDPR was this huge looming topic and I was new to the market. I didn't know anybody and I was just very keen to learn what was going on in the programmatic space coming from the U.S. Um, and so that's how I actually got involved in TWIP and originally it was in the U.K., and when I moved to Australia a few years ago, uh, Sophie had reached out and asked if I wanted to launch the first APAC chapter. And here we are uh, about two years later and 260 plus members strong, which is really exciting. Absolutely. It's a, a great group of uh, women. I've really enjoyed it as well. Uh, if you're open to it, I'd love to hear a little bit more about, uh, about what works for you about this group. Oh, gosh. Well, I mean, to be honest, I used it in the same way that, you know, when I moved to the UK, I didn't know anybody. And it was the same thing in Australia. Um, you know, I have my most of my career was spent in in New York. And that's where my network is, my friends, my family, my net, my professional network. And moving to Australia, it's such a different market for programmatic. Um, and so it was really helpful to have TWIP in UK members introduce me to folks out here when I first settled in uh, and, you know, as an adult, it could be a little scarier meeting other people. Like it's a lot harder to make friends. You're not necessarily as involved in hobbies or, or things like when you were a student, for example, it's a lot easier to, to meet folks. Um, so for me, I think launching Twipin was a no brainer. It was a great way to be able to connect with people and say, you know, I'm building this community for women. Do you want to, do you want to join? <laughs> it's a great, it's a great opener, right? Um, and I think the fact that, you know, it's, it's been only two years, um, actually less than two years, actually, I want to say it's actually close to 18 months. So, um, yeah, we launched in February of 2022. Um, and, you know, the fact that over 260 people have already signed up and are actively engaged in the community just shows that there was a lot of demand for it. I think it was really missing from Australia. Um, and yeah, that that's to me is what you know, keeps me going and makes me so happy to see that people really leaned in and, and engaged. 
and find value of contributing to the community and being able to hone their own skill sets and meet new people um, and yeah, just grow their careers, which is just awesome to see. Absolutely. Absolutely. Speaking of careers, what inspired you personally to pursue a career in programmatic advertising? How'd you get started? Uh, yeah, I so I graduated university in, in 2011 and it was a, a kind of tough time in the job market. Um, and to be honest, I was not some prescient 21 year old. <laughs> I just took whatever paid the bills, you know, <laughs> apartment rent in Brooklyn is, is quite expensive. So, um, you know, I, I just kind of fell into a job and I ended up loving it. Um, I started my career at a company called Quadrant One, which was an ad network that was owned by the New York Times, Hearst, Gannett and Tribune back in 2011. Um, so I actually spent most of my career on the ad operation side and in, in the publisher world. Um, and at that time, even though I was focused more on the direct side of the business, Quadrant One was, if you remember, AdMeld, which is, um, uh, yeah, Google bought it, uh, turned it into AdX since current day um, GAM. Uh, but we were AdMeld's biggest client back in the day. I think it was like we spent $15 million a year, which is like a drop in the bucket in today's <laughs> programmatic standards. Um, but back then it was, uh, you know, those are still pretty the early days of programmatic. So um, I kind of landed in it, to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, I also had an awesome boss at the time who, when Quadrant One, um, being a startup, closed its operations, which happened quite often <laughs> back then, um, uh, he, he was the one to actually encourage me to con continue pursuing the programmatic uh, route, saying this is going to be the next big thing. Um, so, you know, have, having someone uh, who's older and wiser and has more professional experience be on the lookout for you was really helpful um really helpful for me and, and that's pretty much how i landed in it um but also to be honest with programmatic it probably took me a solid two years to fully understand what programmatic was i remember joining um you know the second company i worked at and being like i still don't fully understand what this means <laughs> you really have to get deep into the technology and um, it was still all pretty early days and I just found it so confusing, but then one day it all clicked and I fell in love with it and I've been working in it ever since. So that's my, my career journey. And here you are. And here I am working in the best ad tech company, uh, in the industry. For, I'm not biased or anything, but. <laughs> Leading the charge with Pippin. A lot of, uh, a lot of good things. Yeah. That's wonderful. It's a great story. Thank you. And, um, and. Sure. I mean, our industry is just so fascinating, constantly changing. It feels like it's changing even more now than usual, which is saying something. Mm -hmm. If you were to grab your crystal ball, assuming you have one, what do you think the future holds for this industry? Oh gosh, we could we could sit and talk about that for hours, honestly. I think there's probably so many topics we could talk about, but I'll, I'll focus on one that I'm pretty excited about. Um, I think, you know, AI technology is, is nothing new, right? That's something that's a big part of programmatic. It, it has been for, for years, AI and machine learning. Um, but I'm so keen to see what role kind of newer AI technologies coming out. Like, um, I love chat GPT. I use it all the time in various functions of my, of my life and my, my job. And I'm so keen to see what future iterations will hold for just advertising as a whole, but definitely programmatic is obviously we're very, um, you know, tech 
tech focused and how can we automate it? How can we be more efficient? How can we expand to all these different channels? And I'm so keen to see what the role of tools that are you know similar to ChatGPT or um, how that's going to play into programmatic. Um, I can see, you know, I think from a marketer's perspective, um, creating content or, you know, what can we do with creative optimizations, right? What, what kind of ad copy will we be serving? Um, landing page optimizations, all these different things that are kind of, um, you know, related to programmatic or, you know, w- within the advertising industry as a whole. How is that technology going to impact us in a, in a meaningful way? And I do remember in the early days of programmatic, so many people were concerned, like the robots are taking our jobs. And I really hope that doesn't happen this time around. I'm sure there will be some naysayers, but um, I just remember it being such a widespread concern. And it ended up automating a lot of the tasks that humans are not necessarily very good at, right? Like computing massive, large data sets or algorithms or mathematical equations. Leave that to the technology and allow us to focus on the things that humans are better at, right? Um, and so that's where that's what I'm excited for, seeing how that's going to impact the future of the industry. Right there with you. I, too, am so, so excited to see how this all rolls out. Um, everyone, I think, is kind of holding their breath to see how it, uh, how it plays. But, uh, but I guess we'll find out sooner rather than later because it's all moving so quickly. Absolutely. Are you a, G- a chat GBT fan? Do you use it at all for 100% everyday use? <laughs> yes, in ways that I, I didn't anticipate using it. Oh, yeah. No, it's great. And I'm sure even with the podcast, right, when you're thinking of questions or, you know, even just surfacing information on someone, it's just a great way to get very quick information that you can tweak and put it into your own words. So I fell in love definitely quickly. a fan. I fell in love hard. <laughs> yeah, same, same. <laughs> All right. Okay. So I, so thinking about uh, your experience, uh, thinking about the industry, if you could share one piece of advice with women just starting out in programmatic advertising, what would that be? Oh, good question. It's probably, you know, this is not necessarily specific to programmatic, um, maybe just based on the people, you know, I've worked with in Twipin and just the women that I've worked uh, with throughout my career. And, you know, that experience of being a young woman at at (laughs) the early stages of my career. Um, My advice would be to be brave and be confident. And those things can be a bit hard sometimes. So um, I would say, don't be afraid to ask for what you want, because if you don't ask, you won't get it. Um, no one's gonna come and you know offer things to you. The what is the phrase? The squeaky wheel gets the oil. So there are gonna be some times when you have to be comfortable with being a little bit uncomfortable, um, and I, I do think that's important. I think um, for me, I remember uh, the first time being asked to speak. Uh, on stage and I was just absolutely mortified like oh like I don't want to do this at all like public speaking oh my gosh but I still said yes and I think you know I've done it a million times since then and now I don't get nervous anymore or or you know you don't it, it becomes the, the more you do it the better you become just like any other skill right the more you practice so but it's that initial first step of I have to do something that maybe makes me a little bit nervous a little bit uncomfortable but the more times you do it, the less uncomfortable you become. So 
um, you need to hone those skills in order to build that confidence. So just, just be brave and take that first step would be my advice. Great advice. Be brave, be confident. I think that, uh, that we can close on that. Those are words of wisdom and we'll share them. I wanted to thank you again for, uh, for your time. We're very excited to feature you on our first podcast. Fabulous. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's very exciting to be the first one. No pressure. <laughs> um, but yeah, good luck with the podcast. I'm very much looking forward to hearing more about the series. Thank you.